KBZE. Booze League Radio is on the air. Booze League Radio. Wiley Withers. The Commish. Stephen Orr. Otter. This is the Boozecast. Broadcasting live from the Booze League HQ. Always carry a flagon of whiskey in case of snake bite. And furthermore, always carry a small snake. All right, and with the battle cry of Leroy Jenkins from one Mrs. Tug, Shannon himself, himself, herself, uh, she's going to kill me for that one, I know. Uh, we are now on to Draft 22. Give me two. Uh, if you have missed anything, go on, on to our website, uh, boozeleague.com. We do have a whole section for the Booze League. Uh, each of these drafts does have its own page with any links, pictures, um, anything else uh, related to it. If you are a social media person, which I think all of us are these days, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Pretty much all of those, just look for Booze League and you will find us. Uh, now, Otter, again, is still out there. Wondering the world. We did get a report back from a radio station local to uh, One Negril that a boat had pulled up on the White Sand Beach there. Out in the street, they call it And off step, one person that we assume is Otter. Sunbleached mustaches, waving in the wind as he took in the White Sand Beach. Walked up, got himself a red stripe. A spliff the size of your head, laid back with some Jamaican honeys, and proceeded to eat some jerk chicken. So uh, we will have him back soon, but the good news is we have no shortage, ever, really, of people that we can bring on the show. We always have professionals in the area who want to work with the Booze League. So we're going to bring back Booze League's BFF. Gentlemen. A man that invited the commission onto his show last week. From the Unfiltered Gentleman Podcast, Tug Jones. That's right, one Tug Jones. Welcome back. Hey, BFF. Hi, BFF. How are you, sir? Good, how are you? I'm so well. Oh, my God. I got my nails done. Oh, did you? No. Oh, they look sexy. Yeah. No, I was going to give you a compliment, you know, like BFF power. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I ruined, I, I ruined the yes and. That's no, all right, man. You know, you're not everyone can be good at improv. Um, <laughs> it's true. But welcome into the show, everyone. Um, now that we got Tug Jones brought in here and... and for the record, you're doing a great bang-up job. Otter may not have a Uh-oh. place when he comes back. Oh, no. Between you and Sandro, I mean, you guys are you guys are killing it. Those are some large, large shoes to Very fill. large shoes. Also large button fly jeans to fill. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if we can switch the button fly. You know, you got to have button flies if you're going to be on the show. I guess so. Sorry, that's just what it is for the co-host. I'll hit the old navy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, let's get into the beer of the day so we can talk about this Please. in a little, a little bit drunker way. So the beer of the day is one that none of us have ever had before. Coming to us from a California brewery that I had actually never heard of before I bought this beer. Today's beer of the day is Fort Point Brewing Villager IPA. I left my there's no way we are oh, ever going to play man. that, something like that. That was getting romantic. Right, we don't want people to sleep. Now, we're going with something better. We're going with the Mowgli's for this one. I'll tell you a little bit more about this song a little bit later. But uh, this is a San Francisco-style India Pale Ale. 
In fact, this song is called San Francisco. You see what I did there? I like it. Oh, yeah, you know. That's so smart of I you. I try and keep it themed. What yeah. can I say? Um, this is a uh, 6.3% ABV beer. Alcohol. Uh, it's an IBU of 42 and an untapped score of 3.66. So Fort Point says that in the San Francisco spirit of innovation, Villager blends classic Northwest hops, which are Nelson, Centennial, and Warrior, with contemporary ale yeast to establish a delicately constructed IPA. Villager's hop aroma is both citrusy and floral, which I am getting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what stone fruit tastes like? I mean, I... Or I, smells like? Not really. No, there are notes of it in here. Oh, okay. So, now I do. FYI. <laughs> and uh, tropical flavor in the finish, a true expression of the cultural contrasts that embody our city by the bay. Villager brings a new twist to the West Coast style. I like this. This is light. It's very easy to drink. You definitely get some floral and citrus notes in it. Um, oh, yeah. That's an all-day drinker right it there. It is. I mean, it's not oh, crap. quite in the sessionable ABV, but uh, I could make an exception for this, baby. This goes down quick. I feel like when you wake up and maybe you've, you're going to reward yourself because you haven't had, you haven't been like day drinking a whole lot lately. Not if you just woke up. Uh, uh, lately. <laughs> oh, I got you. So you kind of want to, you're like, you know what? I deserve this. Yeah. I could drink this all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely do that. That's a damn good beer. This is tasty. Honestly, I've never heard of like a specific San Francisco IPA before, mm-hmm. but uh, if they all taste like this, sign me up. I think this is uh, Fort Point's version of the, it's basically a version of their West Coast. Okay. Um, so I think that they kind of made it, I think this is probably the only San Francisco IPA you're going to find. It's a little less intense from like the classic West Coast San Diego style mm-hmm. IPA. It's a little mm-hmm. more uh, well-rounded. It almost has like a lager like quality to it. Yeah, it's not it's not like a hop hammer. Yeah, where it's gonna knock you upside the head. But it's not like a pale ale either. You still clearly tell it's an IPA. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. That's damn good. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly. So the song we're listening to is called San Francisco in honor of the San Francisco Pale Ale, or India Pale Ale that we're drinking. So this is actually, uh, the Mowgli's were started by a local group of friends from Calabasas High School, what? no less. Where'd you, did you go to high school in the area? Uh, yeah, in Camarillo. Oh, okay. So we probably, I went in St. Bonaventure, so we, in Ventura, so we probably don't know these people, but I can replay that again, because I like that song. What do you think of that? Eat that. I'm jamming out. Um, so this is called the Mowgli's. It was started by Matthew Dipani. I guess that's Matthew of the Bread in Italian. Okay. Uh, Dave Applebaum. <laughs> hey. Dave Applebaum, Spencer Trent, and Andy Warren. They released their first recordings in 2010 as free downloads on Bandcamp, and they included a demo for the song we're listening to now, San Francisco. So summer of 2010, the band rented a beach house in Venice and performed literally hundreds of shows, sometimes as many as five or six a day. Wow. Um, <laughs> I say today. There we go. Um, now, they were performed anywhere. Art galleries, Bars, underground warehouse gatherings, backyards, offices, hair salons, clothing <laughs> stores, airplane hangers. Farm- I'm literally not kidding. Like, they literally performed in hair salons. They performed anywhere they could. In uh, October of 2011, they joined the Occupy movement. You know, they had the big uh, camp outside of City Hall right, down right. in L.A. And they played hundreds of songs at the L.A. City Hall encampment. And then they started performing at that same place with No Effects and Tom Morello from Rage wow. Against the Machine. San Francisco started to find some success, was chosen by iTunes as the single of the week. After that, they were booked on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, followed by Kimmel and Conan. And then this song became the theme song 
to the San Francisco Giants World Series run in 2013. Oh, well, I officially hit the song now. Yeah, right? Yeah. As a Dodger fan, we're like, you know. It was good up until right? about three seconds ago. So anyways, um, so that is the uh, Mowgli's. I think we're going to turn that down. There, there we go. So that is the Mowgli's, and you can find them actually at themowgli's.net. Mowgli is M-O-W-G-L-I-S.net. Who's Mowgli? From uh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book, right, yeah. So that's the Mowgli's. All right. A friend of mine knew them, and then when that song came out, they're like, oh, those are my friends. You should listen to that song. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And now they're like a big band, and now I can't remember who that friend was. Yeah, because they played for the Giants, and yeah, it's, it's all over. Yeah, exactly. I kind of I put it out of my head. I was done. Yeah. I was out of it. It's understandable. Yeah. You ready for some news? Please. Spanning the globe to bring you all the news that's fit to booze to, this is the Booze Line News. KBCE, Booze League Radio. All right, so the first story we're going to get to today, and actually I'm going to mix this up a little bit and do the story I was going to do second first. Oh. Only because I've got the booze hound sitting here at my feet. Rolling the dice. Good job, Darby, keeping your daddy's feet warm on a winter day in Southern California. It is a frigid 65 degrees outside. Yeah, I actually <laughs> got a jacket out today and everything. Right, I know. I mean, I left it in my car when I came up. But, but you got it out. I got it out. You got it out. Yeah. So the first one, speaking of dogs, the world's first dog tap house has opened. I'm in. Right? I'm automatically in. Um, this is owned by Scott Porter. Fido's Tap House opened to the public this month uh, in Tigard, Oregon. I don't know where that is, but I think it's pretty close to Portland based on what I've seen. Porter saw potential in a cat cafe, and he wanted to swap out coffee and cats for craft beer and dogs. Smart. He saw the pairing as a natural fit as he believed that craft beer lovers and dog lovers are often one and the same, which I would agree because most of the yeah. craft breweries I go to Bring in your pooch. Yeah, I bring my uh, my dog all the time. It's kind of it's part of the lifestyle, I think. Now at this point, yeah. So on uh, Portland News Channel uh, KOIN Coin Six, sometimes called the Sace, uh, <laughs> said, "When I started researching the demographics for the dogs, I was surprised to find that most people that like craft beer, a very high percentage have dogs. Anything that's dog related is what we're going to be focused on. So Fido's Tap House is actually part craft beer bar and also part." dog rescue hmm. patrons meet and play with dogs just like you when you go to a cat cafe you know, you know there are kitties running around i would never be found at a cat cafe but yes I totally that's what i've heard there's yeah. one local actually is there get, really there's one local yeah like five minutes from here wow what's wrong with people but you have to make an appointment to go in i don't know if that's <coughs> normal for cat cafes i mean i've never been one i don't wow. know <laughs> i need to make an appointment to touch a cat please yeah i feel like you get you know in some places there's a lot of dirty jokes coming to mind on that one sure bush thank you <laughs> I got you, fam. Um, but patrons meet and play with dogs in need of homes while enjoying a pint or two. And the hope is that the dogs that uh, they, these customers are playing with will go home with one of these customers. It's really smart. It is. It's actually very, very smart. And they also include educational events like dog demonstrations, art shows, book signings. And in addition to helping dogs find homes, portion of the profits uh, from the bar, I think a whole quarter of the profits from the bar go to local dog rescue charities. I like it. And it's even smarter than I realized because if you're drunk and your dog's at home, you're always like, oh man, I wish my dog was with me. Right. You give enough, you get enough beer in me, I'm probably going to take home a dog or two. Uh, dude, you're like, man, is there, any, and even if you don't have one, you're like, is there anything better than petting this dog right now? Nothing. How much? What, like, uh, let me, yeah, come on. What's this dog's name? Let's go. Yeah. Come on, Sparky. I was like, I was in Hawaii one time and there was this cafe we stopped at to grab lunch on our mm -hmm. way to hiking. And they're like, oh, by the way, if you want to check out one of our dogs for your hike, you can. 
It was like you rent could, a dog for a hike. Just take a dog hiking. Yeah, which is great for them because they're like, we don't have to walk these dogs now. And it's great for you because you miss your dog at home. And uh, the, the hope is obviously that you got mm-hmm. attached to your dog and brought it home with you. But, uh, you know, that's awesome. That's I rented a, a dog idea. for the day. Well, and if you think about the times, like I know I got Darby because of an encounter I had up at Barrel House in Paso. Barrel House Brewing. Yeah. Uh, someone had a dog. I was there drinking a beer and they had a dog next to me. It was an old, uh, it was supposed to be a, like a comfort dog or like one of those kind of dogs. Oh, but like a therapy dog. Type yeah. Of. Therapy dog, but flunked out because it was too friendly. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to him. I'm like, damn, I need to get a dog. And next thing you know, I got a booze hound. There you go. So I think that, you know, this tap house, once you get, you'll go there, like you'll be a regular mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, you know, I've been seeing this dog for a few months. I go ahead and take it home. There are certain breweries where if we don't show up with the dog, they ask what's wrong. Yeah. Oh, where's Marty? <laughs> Good old Marty. I know. You have a great dog. So uh, it's called Fido's Tap House. It opens every day at 11 a.m. If you want to see more, if you're going to be up in the Portland area, I do recommend stopping by or if you're listening in the Portland area. Uh, the website you would go to check this out at is ilovefidos.com. I love Fido's, F-I-D-O-S. Ilovefidos.com. And if you guys up in the Portland area have been there Send us some pictures or something. Yeah, we want to see that. Send it out to, uh, you can tweet us, you can do, you know, yeah. boostcast or all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, let us know because we'd love to see that. We should probably contact that guy. We should. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should start our own. Damn, that's a good idea. The unfiltered booze dog place. We'll, we'll figure out it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll work on that later. We'll, we'll get some focus groups. That's an after the show meeting. Right, and maybe we won't actually uh, talk to that guy if we're going to steal his idea. True. <laughs> what guy? Who? Who are we talking about? So uh, let's talk Ryan Reynolds. Okay. You know Ryan Reynolds, right? He's dreamy. He is dreamy with that perfect hair and those chiseled eight pack. So Ryan Reynolds has announced a significant, that's actually in quotes, significant ownership, we're going back to Portland, of a Portland, Oregon-based gin called Aviation Gin. Oh. So Reynolds is reportedly the first celebrity to invest in gin and doing so with aviation. Almost called it Avion. Isn't there a tequila called Avion? There's a water called Avion, isn't there? Oh, I'm sorry. The tequila's Avion. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but he, he is quoted as saying that the reason that he got with aviation, he said, for one simple reason, it's the best damn gin on the planet. There you go. So, I mean, hey, there you go. Can't turn it down. So, aviation is a small producer based out of Portland, Oregon, and is credited for starting the American gin trend. Have you had any American gin? I don't. Not that I know of. I mean, maybe someone slipped yeah. in a drink somewhere. I but, didn't know it was uh, a trend. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, we're both boozers. Right. How did we, how did this escape our attention? I feel like we've done our listeners a disservice. I feel as well. We need to do more gin. We're sorry. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. That's us. Are you are you a big gin fan? You know, some yes and no. Like okay. when I really want to feel classy, I'll do a gin martini. Mm-hmm. But generally, I tend to to favor the Manhattans. Yeah, for instance, like absolutely. I'm a big Manhattan guy, uh, like the whiskeys and whatnot. And actually, we do have a very bourbon whiskey show, uh, heavy show here. So, but uh, so in 2016, Aviation sold 15,000 cases of gin, which is respectable. Yeah. Forbes estimates they sold about 18,000 last year, so pretty good. So Aviation is owned by Davos Brands. I assume it has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Um, with Davos Seaworth. Winter is coming. Yeah, you got that joke, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You watched it. Okay, good. Um, so the CEO of Davos is Andrew T. Krosomalis. He says, Ryan has worked tirelessly to create some of the world's most iconic media properties and will bring that drive and create creativity to sharing aviation with the world. When I read that, aside from Deadpool, he's not counting Green Lantern, Right. I hope he's not counting the one where him and Jason, or, uh, Jason Bateman like peed into the same fountain and switched bodies. That's right. 
That's all I could think of when you read that. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that is iconic, clearly. Yeah. So this got me thinking. There are a lot of celebrities out there that own booze-based, either have a partial stake or a full stake in booze. Yeah, Ciroc, man. Ciroc is owned by? Diddy. P. Diddy. Sean Puffy Combs, or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days. Uh, what does 50 Cent own? What is, what is his mm. involvement with? Uh, I think it's another vodka, right? It is, yeah. I can't, I, I can't come up with the name. I just remember him talking about this recently. F and vodka, E F F E N. I love F and vodka. Yeah, F and vodka is fifty cent. It's actually pretty good vodka. I haven't had it. I, I was think. surprised when I had it. It's been a few years, but I tried. So I was like, hey, this is actually pretty decent. Not, not so bad. It's not pricey either. Yeah, that's uh, so that'll be the next one on my list. Well, it actually, probably won't be. <laughs> I'm completely lying. <laughs> wow. Well, we can, you can tell everybody it is. You know, but you know, for the record, it is. So um, here's another one. Crystal Head Vodka. Who's involved in that? Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, hold on. What's, what's this alarm thing? This alarm thing is time for... Run. I'm going to stop that. You know why? Oh. oh. You know why I'm going to stop that? Please. We never did round one. Round what a one. bunch of douches. Yeah. What a bunch... No, wait. Hold on. Let's stop the show. What a bunch of douches. Shame. Shame. Oh, it's terrible. Shame. What are we doing here? What is wrong with our lives? Shame. Shame. All right, so let's go back over to round one. Round one. For the record, we did finish. <laughs> We've been drinking. I think I'll have a beer. Yeah, we got right into it. God damn. Say my name. Yeah. So just for that, there will be an extra round of this show. <laughs> there usually is, because you always forget. Clearly, this time it's the same shame. thing. Yeah. Shame. Usually it's the shame. end of the show when you forget. I know, you know what? Yeah. Everything's in reverse. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Rightfully so. All right. So Crystal Head Vodka. Yeah. I don't I don't think I've even heard of that. Seriously? It's that- the one literally in the Crystal Head. Like you, It's at every bar. Maybe you thought it was tequila or something, but... Maybe. But it's literally a skull. Oh, with, oh totally seen it. Yeah. So I did think it was tequila. Yeah. It, yeah no, it's vodka. It's Crystal Head Vodka. I have no idea. Dan Aykroyd. No. Dan Aykroyd both conceived and founded Crystal Head Vodka. Mr. Conehead himself. That's right. You know, and also, um, uh, what, he wasn't Vankman. He wasn't, um, what was his name in Ghostbusters? Oh. <laughs> now I'm drawing up like, I keep thinking of Tommy Boy. I can't remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Thank right. you. Damn. All right. It'll come to me by the end of the show. But here's a great story about that, though. So Crystal Head Vodka was in development at the same time. The film that shall not be named from the Indiana Jones uh, series um, was being developed as well. Aykroyd was like, okay, well, I don't want to like, you know, cross Spielberg. So he called Spielberg, arranged a meeting, sat down, said, hey, we're doing this thing. You know, might kind of, you know. Right. Spielberg's like, dude, no worries. How about this? Why don't we serve Crystal Head Vodka at the premiere to oh, celebrate shit. it? So they got together, which I thought was a very, very cool thing from, from uh, Spielberg on that side. Little did Aykroyd know they'd be the worst premiere in the history of <laughs> the worst. premieres. Uh, and they're making a number five now. I hope to <sighs> God. Well, at least we won't have any LaBeouf in it. Oh, God. It won't get worse. <laughs> well, you, you can only go up, right? Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd played Raymond Stance. Stance. That's right. I feel Stance. like a loser. I'm glad that you uh, pulled that up. Thank yes. you. So, uh, Casamigos. It should be an easy one. Casamigos? Yep. I don't know. Casami- Casamigos tequila. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know what celebrity. The Clune Man. 
For reals? George Clooney, yeah. I got to drink more of that. George Clooney. And apparently, he also made a brag that that will not give you a hangover, which is complete bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit on that one. He's sexy enough to the fact that I would believe him, though. Yeah, it's hard. You're looking at those eyes. You're like, just keep mm. t- just tell me more. Tell me more, Silver Fox. Cass- this is, tell me more. This is Casa Aramigos, right? I wonder how he's doing. We, you guys talked about this, I think, on your last booze cast, that uh, tequila is in a shortage right now. It is. Like all the, uh, the smaller... Um, the smaller, whatever uh, distillery, yeah, craft distillery, like yeah. smaller tequila craft distilleries. Well, he actually sold that to Diageo, okay, for a large sum of one billion dollars. What a shame! Yeah, what a shame. He was hurting for money. Yeah, yeah. Lord knows he needs more. <laughs> the poor guy. He's just hand to mouth out there. But he is in development with the same guy, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But the same guy he started Casamigos with. Mm-hmm. He's developing a mezcal label. So that's coming soon. He couldn't uh, compete. He had a non-compete in the tequila world. So he's like, yeah, mezcal. Yeah. He couldn't move on to like something else like gin or something. He had to, I guess he's a... The Clune Man is a big yeah. fan of the the agave plant. Same, same plant, different state. So Justin Timberlake, he's involved. Is he? Not in Casamigos. He oh. has his own thing. Did he bring sexy back? No. Oh. He might have brought your hangover back. Oh. Uh, he's bringing your buzz back. <laughs> <laughs> what type of alcohol? Uh, it's tequila. Oh, okay. Another tequila. Man, yep. celebrities love tequila. I don't know. Tequila you'll, and vodka seem the two big ones for celebrities. Yeah. You'll say it and I'll probably go, well, I knew that. Probably not. I actually didn't oh, know okay, this. Good. I knew the, um, it's kind of a collaboration, but it's with uh, Sousa, which I always say wrong. It's, I always say Sousa. I was like hoping you were going to say it was with Joey Fatone. <laughs> the Joey Fat one? Yeah. No. Um, Sousa. 901. Sousa 901. It's a collaboration. Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay. Here's an easy one for you. Drew Barrymore. You know what she's got? No. Barrymore Wines. Oh. <laughs> well, she... <laughs> I've, I've never even seen that before. No, I haven't either, I've, but... I've uh, spent a fair time on the wine aisle. Yes, indeed. And uh, I got a load... Oh, God damn it. Oh, wait. You know what? Do I have it? Oh, show mood, show meeting, everybody. Show meeting. Show show meeting, real quick. Everyone... Uh, huddle in. Thing. Yeah, huddle in. Bring in the producers. Come on over. All right. Well, I'm going to keep talking while I'm doing this. Um, David Beckham. Mm. Can you guess what he has? The Becks. Well, he's British... So, yeah, yeah. So he's from the Isle, as right. it were. He's a UK. He's a limey. So is it a gin product? Uh, close. You're, you're on. The, you're in the right. Uh, you're going down the right path. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's gin and tea fusion, because that's what the British drink. Either gin or tea. Oh no, that's not it it's at all. Really he's, unfunny. Don't he's got worry. a Scotch whiskey. Oh come on. <laughs> yeah, it's called Hague Club. Hague. Hague. Uh, Ludacris. Luda. Luda also has a cognac. Oh, come on. He does. It's called Conjure. That's awesome. Conjure Cognac. I want to buy... I love Luda in everything he does, whether it be Cadillac Grills rapping or Fast and the <laughs> Furious. I'm all for Luda. Uh, maybe not Fast and Furious 2 because I think we can all agree that was the second worst movie of the series. You know what I can tell you? What's that? I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious. What is wrong with you? Not one. Not not a single one. All right. Number one is great. Okay. Number two is like meh. Number three is Tokyo Drift. You can okay. just avoid that altogether. You literally can la- name every. You can literally lame everyone in an order. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let, let me lame this out for you. Uh, no, that's where that's where it stops. But I think number five is when The Rock entered. I'm a big fan down. of The Rock. I am. I'm always down for The Rock. Yeah. Look, it's ridiculous. It's stupid as can be, but they're great. If you can get over the fact, I think it was a number 
five, five or six. We talked about this because you you did some uh, film study in school, right? Well, I went to film school. Yeah. So yeah. how how can you can, you know what? Maybe I'll actually take your word for that since you went to film school and you're recommending this. Now, I mean, I'm recommending go down it as road. a good time, especially to have a few beverages and go watch with your buddies. That this, makes sense. This is not a piece of cinematic majesty, you know. It's, <laughs> no. It's, but it's a fun time. But just, you have to get over the fact that they were on a runway trying to take off for 10 minutes. I mean, that's one hell of a runway. Yeah, I saw something about that where it's, they, they kind of, they actually broke out what actually was happening during that scene. And Yeah, 10 minutes of not taking off. That must be like a 90 mile I saw like runway. a mile of how long that <laughs> Yeah, was. it was ridiculous. A map or whatever you call it. I still love it. Jabroni. Okay. So, uh, Jabroni. So, Hanson Brothers. Mm, Bob. Remember Hanson, right? Hanson, yeah. They have a beer three company. Three girls. <laughs> three oh, girls. you know what? I have heard this. They have a, th- a beer company. It's like mm, Bob Brewing, isn't it, or something like that? Actually, it's called Hanson Brothers Brewing. Oh, but they have an Umbop beer. And, and their main beer is called? Umbop. Mm, hops. That's what it is. Can't go wrong with that. Well, actually, you can, because apparently it's, uh, the uh, untapped rating on that is only 3.2. Oh, no, but those girls are so cute. Oh, but not anymore. They they look, they look basically aged kind of like Sean White did. Oh, no. Where they lost the hair, and suddenly they're all, like, <laughs> craggy. Um, but this, he went from, like, weirdo clown to, like, pretty good-looking fella. It seems like he lost a lot of his freckles, too. I don't know if yeah. he had to take yep. a freckle from me or, like, whatever that surgery is called. Something, yeah. But it, uh, it's 7.5% ABV. Alcohol. Here's what is cool about that. Everything that they do from all their, from even like the, the um hops to uh, all their other beers, proceeds from beer sales go to providing clean water to communities in need, which, that, which is oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah, that's, so that's cool. Whether or not the beer is good, which apparently it's mediocre. Um hops doesn't sound very good at three, whatever. I'm sorry, what? Um hops. All right. Anyways. <laughs> That song's going to be stuck in everyone's head now. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Thank you. Um, okay, just a, a couple more. I, I'm saving my favorite one for last, but Marilyn Manson, who just had oh, a God. meltdown on stage. Yeah. Did you hear about the meltdown? I heard a little bit, yeah. He played the same riff for 20 minutes and then demanded <laughs> the audience tell him that they love him. And when they didn't, he stormed off stage and never came back. Sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But according to Drink Up NY magazine, he is an avid absentheur. Uh, of course he is. Do you know what the name Only of his... Only weird people drink that shit constantly. You know what the name of his absinthe is? Uh, the Beautiful People? Mansinth. Uh. <laughs> that yeah. is correct. It is... Sad trombone for that. Mansinth. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just so terrible. Oh. All right. So um, last couple of things. One, totally obvious, Willie Nelson. What do you think he has? Weed. True. If you're gonna hit someone up for weed, <laughs> Willie's probably your guy. But what kind of uh, what kind of booze does he have? Uh, what do stoners like? Um, well, no, think about him as a country star. Oh, whiskey. Yep, it's called Old Whiskey River Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Oh, I like it. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I don't know if it's any good, but I mean, that's a great name. CeeLo has sake. For real, CeeLo Green has some sake. Taiku sake. I don't know if that ties into anything, but no idea. And then we get to my favorite. Danny DeVito. No. Danny DeVito, yeah. Do you know what he has? Midget whiskey. No. Yeah. no they call it small batch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Touché. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. I know. It's good stuff. Um, 
Oh, alarm's going off. All right, now now we're on. Now we're finally actually on round two. It's oh, about time. Get yeah. Round two. I'll have another. It's a trap. Utah, give me two. I am indeed slamming them tonight. Filling up my booze league pint glass here, the pro pint. That is my favorite glass to drink out of, by the way. Do you like the shape? I do. That's what she said. Wait <laughs> <laughs> for that. Um, Thank you, Michael Scott. So we're getting ready to order some more with a new logo on it. So, oh, new logo. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to do this or go into the um, the one the the pint glass that looks like a can. Oh yeah, I I feel like you see that a lot though. You yeah. don't really see this one. And this plus, is good. It's got a gold rim on it, and you know. <laughs> who doesn't like a good rim job? Who doesn't like a good rim job? And as a, a beer, me too. Beer kind of swore as I might be. Mm -hmm. I like the shape and the openness of it. It really helps the aroma come out. I feel like it's good for any style of beer. That's yeah, why I like this one. It's got a little bit of that IPA glass shape to it, but mm -hmm. not like fully committed. So I think you can drink anything out of it. I I really dig it. Awesome. Well, uh, based on Tug Jones' advice. We're sticking with this. Buy three or four. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. My favorite glass. All right. So where are we? Oh, we're with Danny DeVito. Yes. And you were guessing. I actually want to hear a few guesses on this because the first one, obviously you were incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. Uh, Danny DeVito. Give me like a, what type of alcohol is it? Uh, it's Italian. Okay. Uh, like a grappa? No, you're going down the right track. Though. Okay, so it's some sort of wine, probably, mm. or uh, alcoholic olive oil. It's something that's very unique to Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, what is very? I, I'm thinking grappa is the only thing that's coming to mind. Uh, is it hard alcohol? It can be. It's. Uh, I'll give you. I'll just tell you. Please. Limoncello. Oh, that's like a grappa. It. Well, it's a little more lemony and more <laughs> celloy. A little less grape. Uh, it's limoncello by Danny DeVito. Are you a fan of limoncello? I love limoncello. I like I like the limoncello that isn't the uh, the high uh, ABV limoncello. Alcohol. So it's a little more of a, a liqueur than it is because okay. we tried some when I was in Italy. We tried some limoncello at this at this. Uh, it's actually Nona. It's grandma for Italian made it. We have family over there. It was amazing. It was yeah. like sweet. It was like a like it was like a fortified wine. It was great. Went to a wine room. We're like, oh, limoncello. We're Super ignorant Americans, right? Right. Well, yeah, we'll take some limoncello, but apparently there are different ABVs that you can get. Alcohol. Of limoncello. And this uh, one was well ABV'd. Yes. Alcohol. And uh, it damn near blew my head off. I took a big old <laughs> swig of that and it was just like drinking straight tequila or like, you know, lemon flavored whiskey or. Yeah, I'm yeah, only, only had a couple of limoncellos and both of them were very much just like, uh, hey, one sip of this and you're hammered. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not all of them are like that. Oh. Not all of them are like that. Then maybe I would like some of the lower ABVs. And I, I feel like Danny DeVito's is probably a low ABV, but I looked on he's a, a low man on Bevmo. You can get one for twenty eight bucks for the seven fifty milliliter. Currently mm -hmm. unavailable though. This was developed after he appeared on the View, hammered. Mm. It apparently caused a bit of controversy. This is back in two thousand six. He blamed it on hair on the seven limoncellos he had just before the interview. Only seven. And shortly after then, hey, guess what? He's like, oh, I'm getting some limoncello. I like it. So here's it was a cost savings effort. Uh, clearly. But here's the best part of this. One, which is brilliant, and this needs to happen more, especially for something like Limoncello, mm -hmm. had a scratch and sniff label. Oh, that's awesome. And it had a theme song sung by none other than Danny DeVito. That must be horrendous. Let me let me treat this to you oh, now. Please, please, would you, please. Would you please, like please. to hear this? So bad. 
DeVito's lemon jello. That's him singing also, by the way. It's a taste of light from this famous fellow. It's also very nice, perfect serve, cold on ice. The finest summer drink from Italy. This is Danny? It's Danny singing here. I must admit, it's better than I thought it would be. It's almost hard to tell it's him. Yeah, yeah. Lemon jello, you really gotta try it. He sounds like a crooner from like Vegas or something. Just try it and you'll see what the lemon was meant to be. The Vito's lemon jello, yes sirree. I like the little Cuban kick. Right? Yeah. It's good stuff. Cha-cha-cha. Anyways, that was the the second news story we had to go over. Uh, We'll do two quick ones here. Um, That's what she said. (laughs) That is what she said. Give me two. Um, So let's talk some... uh, Let's talk some Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, he's Bigfoot! <laughs> so last March, one Claudia Ackley of Crestline, California, was hiking with two daughters. She sounds hot. Um, maybe not. Um, <laughs> let's get through the story and you tell me how hot this sounds. So they're hiking with her uh, daughters up in Lake Arrowhead, up in San Bernardino. Love Lake Arrowhead. I go there all the time. If you do go there, if you're listening to the show and you do up in Lake Arrowhead, go to the Lakefront Tap Room. Mm. Freaking amazing. Great beers on, on tap right there. Say hi to Courtney. Tell him Wiley, the commission sent, uh, sent you. But anyway, she claims that she saw a Sasquatch at that point. According to Ackley, the creature was about 30 feet up a tree. Looked like it weighed about 800 pounds. Sure. Had a head three times the size of a person's. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Upstairs or downstairs? Uh, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't specify. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I actually have no idea what to say to that, but that's that, now I'm going to wonder. I'm going to lay awake at night wondering about that. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, you are. So she told the Riverside Press Enterprise he looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He had solid black eyes. He had no expression on his face at all. He did not show his teeth. He just stared at the three of us. Ackley's daughter recorded the encounter on her phone, but it's inconclusive. This is starting to sound less like Bigfoot and more like my co-host, Scott. (laughs) He's a hairy, hairy man. He is a hairy man. But you know what? He didn't say any cuss words or anything back. I feel like Scott would have cussed at him. That's true. Or something, you know. Probably dropped a couple of see you next Tuesdays. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably had a beer, like a (laughs) shitty beer in his hand. A couple of natty lights in his hand. Something like that. Stop staring at me. (laughs) Exactly. With his Uber sticker attached to his head. (laughs) You're painting a a great picture of Scott, I tell you. Um, He'll be so glad. So forest rangers told Ackley is probably a bear. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Duh, bears. But Ackley was like, no. Teamed up with professional Bigfoot hunter Todd Standing. Because that's a thing. Best known as the director of the documentary for Discovering a Bigfoot. So Standing claims he was initially skeptical of the story. As everybody right. should be. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not. He said he was initially. Because... California Sasquatches are largely restricted to the state's northern wilderness. <laughs> he was convinced after he watched the inconclusive video taken by Ackley's daughter. So here's where it happened. Here's, Stop it. Here's where this takes a turn that I'm sure you probably never saw coming. Ackley is a self-proclaimed Bigfoot enthusiast and researcher oh, of more geez. than 20 years. Oh, God. What a twist! <laughs> Not clear if she knew standing before the incident. However, standing is a controversial figure amongst Bigfoot researchers. They claim he has, he mixes legitimate research and fake evidence. Like Bigfoot as fake evidence. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. he did that whole, uh, he did the the documentary Discovering Bigfoot, and people are like, eh, you know. Eh. 
But here's what's interesting is that Ackley filed suit against the state of California. So she sued California. Wait, what? Yep. Suing California about Bigfoot to force it to recognize the existence of Sasquatches. Oh, dear God. Holy shit, he's Bigfoot! Lawsuit alleges that the state's actions have damaged her reputation. <laughs> damaged her reputation. <laughs> It was the state that did I guess, this. I guess because they told her it was a bear. And she's like, how dare you? Does I, the story include how many cats that she owns? No, no, no. It does not. I'm thinking double digits. It does not. That doesn't. We can do some research on it. We'll get our uh, our I-team research team on that. Yeah. Where's Otter when you need him? Right? Well, he's in Jamaica smoking spliffs. Yeah, I'm on. Um, so Ackley's suit follows one filed by Todd Standing. Is that his name, Todd? Yeah, Todd Standing. What a twist. Uh, in British Columbia. So basically, they both filed the same suit. Dear God. And he said uh, in British Columbia, he alleged a dereliction of duty pertaining to the interest of an indigenous wildlife species. So that's happening. Uh, We'll find out more about Ackley's case after March 19th once it goes to court. Oh, thank God. But she intends to introduce the evidence to prove the existence of Sasquatches, because Lord knows that's never been announced before. Yeah. uh, Including testimony from Jeff Meldrum who's from Idaho State University. He is a professor of anatomy and anthropology. Is he a professor? Uh, I'm sure he is. Yeah, professor. He is a professor. Also, this is going to come as a shock. Uh-oh. Featured in that same documentary, uh, Discovering Bigfoot. What a twist! Yeah, so that's basically a whole load of bullshit is all I'm hearing from that. But The only Bigfoot I believe in is the one that's on four giant wheels. And runs over old cars. Because you've seen it. Yes. I've tasted Bigfoot. Whoa. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, from Sierra Nevada. It's oh, very, very good. That's a good one, too. That is correct. Yeah. All right. So last news story that I have here, and I think you have one as well that we can get to. That I should do. be interesting. So here's one that you wouldn't expect to ever hear. KFC. Oh, finger oh, looking good. Ran out of chicken. What? <laughs> what else Not, do they have at that point? Exactly. It was in the UK, uh, but as many as 800 out of 900 KFC locations closed last Monday due to logistical, quote unquote, a logistical snafu. As of yesterday, February 23rd, majority of stores had reopened, but with a limited menu. No, thank God. So they say the shortage had been caused by a couple of, uh, quote unquote, couple of teething problems <laughs> after it switched oh. to a new delivery partner, DHL. Okay. Okay. It was a pr- pretty big logistics uh, supplier. DHL said that a number of deliveries have been incomplete or delayed because of because of operational issues and added not the only party responsible for the supply chain to KFC. So, you know, what the hell they're stepping back and many uh, stores do remain closed this weekend. They'll get them back up um, again with a reduced menu or shortened hours. Here's why I ended up putting this particular news story on the boozecast today, because do tell I'm always fascinated by good marketing. Yeah. KFC copped to having an issue here. Right. They ran a full-page ad in, a, in all British newspapers to apologize for shutting down hundreds of restaurants because it ran out of chicken. Okay. Okay. So the ad was bright red. It had an empty bucket. And you know, it normally says KFC on the side. Right. It said FCK. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. <laughs> and so it, it, was, it basically it was like... You know, right. it also had uh, it also had some uh, text on that uh, on that full page ad said a chicken restaurant without any chicken. 
It's not ideal. Just a restaurant at that yeah. point. Yeah. Huge apologies to our customers, especially those who traveled out of their way to find we were closed. Gonna guess that not many people travel out of their way. I was gonna say, who travels <laughs> out of their way for KFC? God, we, get in the car, kids. We got a half hour to get to the nearest KFC. So, you ha- know. Have you ever wanted KFC when you weren't under some sort of substance? I can honestly say I haven't wanted KFC in probably two decades. Yeah, I can't even. Oh, alarms are going off. All right, well. Yeah. Guess what? Drink up, bitches. Here we go. Round three. Another. One of my favorite movies right there. Hey everybody. Christopher Walken saying ping pong. Balls of Fury. Oh yeah. I have seen them. One of my I'm one of three. Get all coming. Boy. That escalated quick. So on a side note, mm. to these rounds as we move through them. Yes. If you're at home keeping a long, because I know I've gotten some tweets uh, across the old at Booze League on Twitter, that people do actually, indeed, keep up with our rounds, just like we do. Heroes. I want to see some pictures. Please. I want pictures. I want to be tagged uh, at Booze League on Instagram and some type of story or video. Send it in. We want to see you guys getting all uh, silly with us. Yeah, we want to we want to get saucy with you. We want to get saucy. It's the hardest working liver in the galaxy, Morty. <laughs> so we want some of that. But um, now we got a new story from one, Tug Jones, That's newsman. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to try and pretend I'm otter here because no one fills you, those You don't have the jeans. mustache, the height. No. Or the button flies. Right. <laughs> Nobody has those. Uh, it's 2018. Uh, so not to get onto too many lawsuit talks here, but uh, there's a Texas man who after his fourth DWI. Fourth. Fourth. Number four. So he, that is. Give me two. Give me two. Exactly. Thank you for the math. Uh, he argues that the legal BAC limit discriminates against alcoholics. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little detail. After his fourth driving while intoxicated conviction, conviction. I guess it's DWI in Texas, here California, DUI. Either way, what you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after his fourth, a San Antonio man tried to overturn his four-year prison sentence by arguing that Texas's legal limit on intoxicated driving discriminates against alcoholics. The man, Ralph Alfred Freischenhan. Oh, so he's German. Mm-hmm. I think it up a, for everyone. He gets a free pass at that point. <laughs> Argue that the state's driving limit of 0.08 uh, ignores the higher tolerances that frequent drinkers have to the effects of liquor, allowing the protected class of alcoholics, that's in quotes, to be prosecuted while having to prove that they had lost control of their mental or physical abilities. So he, in, so he includes in the lawsuit protected class of alcoholics. Right. He's a heavyweight, so he shouldn't be uh, charged as, as uh, you know, a 90-pound girl would be, apparently. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because I, I feel like my tolerance, I feel like I put in some work. Yeah. And I do feel like my tolerance is probably high, but also, doesn't BAC, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like your B, with your tolerance, your BAC would still stay low, hmm. but I don't know. I think that's only if you're a larger person. You know, it takes more alcohol. To, that's a huge bitch! Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I think your BAC is your BAC. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe some oh, people's need, livers are cooler than others. We need somebody coming in and science at us. I know. Who's, who's science out here? Come on, people. <laughs> we need this. We but, need to know. But I think uh, as the commissioner of the Booze League and one uh, unfiltered gentleman, I mm-hmm. think we can handle our beers much better than other gentlemen. people can. Thank you. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think 
But the thing is, though, you can elect to do the infield test, right? Infield, like baseball or something. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, the, um, the, the field test. Yes. I think, Field right? sobriety test. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The old SFT. Yes. You, you, you can elect to do that, or you can go back and have your blood taken or whatever it is. Now, on his most, most recent DWI, he you know, had an 08, which is right at that limit. So I agree. I think that uh, me or you probably mm. at a point, let's say one zero, are probably safer drivers than mm. uh, you know a newbie, some twenty one year old ninety pound girl uh, who's at a point oh seven. I would agree with that. You know, so I think there should be some consideration. You know, my license says I'm an organ donor, but I should also be like a, a heavyweight or something like that when it comes to to alcohol. Maybe you know, I'm, I'm given a couple of points in either direction, but you know. To play devil's advocate to that, you can also choose not to drive after like, you know, however many beers. Right. Right? I mean, you kind of know like after like three or four beers, you're probably pushing that level. You can, yeah, as a heavyweight, I kind of can tell when it's when it's been right. too much. And now at the advent of like Uber and Lyft, it's it's phenomenal. I can drink as much as I want and get home phenomenal. for like Cheers $17. Yeah. <laughs> Just pray you don't end up a Scottish driver. Yeah. Yeah. That happened once and it was yeah. really awkward. He didn't say a word the whole time. Yeah. It's probably even awkward-er because that's a word. Uh, since you were sober, you hadn't started no. drinking yet. Yeah, yeah, well, luckily, me and the guru were just talking fantasy football. Luckily, we didn't give any secrets away, so we can still crush you guys. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> it would be eyed armless children. Well, yeah. and it, it 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 was weird to me though that literally Scott said nothing the whole time. Well, like even when I'm like, hey, what's going words. on? And he's like, just sat there. And I, I don't know what was, I have no idea. He had a late on. night the night before of being up in a tree in San Bernardino. <laughs> That's County. what it was, yeah. yeah. Swinging his head around, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> trying to big head, trying to tra- yeah. attract Dackley. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, he's Bigfoot. Exactly. It was, it was a long night. That was a long night. So, anyways, well, that is the news. And that's the way the news goes. So, let's move on. You know, I mentioned that this is going to be a whiskey bourbon heavy show. So, a headline caught my eye. Mm. Clickbait. Total clickbait. Mm -hmm. But the headline was, someone's making Capri Sun whiskey pouches and we are freaking out. No, 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 no. Totally. Well, not Capri Sun. Just the pouches. Oh, oh, yes. I'm on board. Right. But the headline, and we are freaking out. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. You're writing this at two in the morning. You're was probably kind of like, buzzed up. Is this like Mashable or something? No, it's Vine Pair. Okay. And Vine Pair is actually pretty good at clickbait. Um, and I actually respect the webs- the hell out of the website, but uh, I'm not bashing them. But this is a, uh, the company they're referencing here is called whiskeyme.com, whiskey-me.com. Okay. So here's, here's what they do. And here's, here's, here's what they say they do, rather. Get you drunk as can be. Every month, our members receive one of our revolutionary whiskey pouches Ooh. through their mailbox. Inside the pouch is a whiskey that's been hand-selected by our tasting panel to best represent the glorious flavors of diversity <laughs> of single malt whiskey. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Like they, they are kind of a tongue in cheek. Like the whole thing is, mm-hmm. is a little bit. It's actually started by Black Rock Whiskey Bar in London. Okay, I guess they've won a bunch of awards for having good whiskey. Um, but here's the idea. So this is what they say the idea is: whiskey's amazing, but there are so many bottles to choose from, and exploring them all can be an expensive pastime, which I can absolutely attest to. It's true. I mean, last time I was here with you after the show, we had a very expensive. Oh yeah. Oh, Balvaney. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was like 21 double wood. <laughs> 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 double wood. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Give me two. 
That's what she said. Wouldn't it be great if everyone could appreciate the rich diversity of single malt whiskey with yes. minimal fuss, minimal cost, one large, one large glass at a time. We thought so too. And that's why we created an innovative new whiskey subscription club. So, um, what you get with this is a five CL pouch. I guess that's centiliter. Sure. Why not? Uh, the Fucking metrics. British. It's actually 1.69 ounces. There we go. Uh, you get it every month for only seven pounds a month, which is like nine seventy eight. So less than 10 bucks a month. You, you basically, you get almost two shots. Yeah, basically. Well, actually you only, you get almost one shot. Isn't a shot one? Eh, tell you, in California, everyone pretty much pours two. Oh, okay. But but I think by law there has to be at least is it one or two ounces for it to be considered like to be legal. Okay. So you can't just pour bullshit. I don't right. know if that's changed. When I was bartending, that's what it was. But I don't know what it is now. But um, show off. Here's what's interesting. About <laughs> Look at me. Here's what's interesting about it though, and here's why I think it's an amazing idea for them. This whiskey pouch fits through a letterbox, so there's oh. no signature required in the UK where they're based out of. So they can just like slide some whiskey in through your, your mail slot. <laughs> That's what she said. And you're going to go. whiskey in your DM. You also get uh, simple, useful explanations of what you're drinking. They have exclusive. And this mm. is where I'm kind of like, mm. okay, whatever. Exclusive HD drone video footage in distillery. Distillery. Easy for me to say, right? Yeah. Distillery data accessible through social media. So you belong to a certain Facebook group and you get to see high res drone taken videos of all these great distilleries so like the drone flies over you just see a bunch of roofs i guess i don't know maybe it goes through maybe they take it hopefully on, take it on through one can hope i mean i'm a lover of drone footage but you gotta sell me a little bit are you <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> hey as someone that works in tv and media oh uh, you know what that makes sense yes that actually does make Sorry. sense no it's okay it's okay it actually makes a lot of sense um but this is uk only it's a brilliant idea like less than 10 bucks a month, you basically get a super good bit of whiskey that you can taste out. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. You know, the pricing on it's pretty good because I've done some of those beer of the month clubs. Mm -hmm. It's like 30 bucks a month or whatever. And you oh, get, yeah. you know, you get like maybe 12 beers a month. It's like, come on, I could I could do a lot better than that. On some yeah, I can do that beers. one goddamn night. Yeah, please. <laughs> it doesn't last very long yeah. at all. So here's the thing is like when I started looking into this, I started looking into the U.S. whiskey clubs. I'm like, is there anything... Okay, so great. It's UK only. Is there nothing out here in the US? There should be. There should be. And there are whiskey clubs. Oh. However, oh. US whiskey clubs, you get usually, generally, one full 750 milliliter bottle a month. Okay. Or three every three months. It's like all at once. Oh, gotcha. Quarterly. And they're much more expensive. Uh, so costs range from like 80 bucks a month, oh. which is pretty serious, to quarterly costs of 160 also, from what I read, a lot of them are very gimmicky. Like one of them, a Whiskey Explorers Club. You get four flights a quarter. They're like 50 milliliter bottles. Okay. So I guess, is that one seventh? Is it like the airplane bottles? I think they're the airplane bottles. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You get four of those with all the labeling taken off. Oh. So that you can, I don't, I don't know how they distinguish them, but that way. Uh-oh. There's, there's a timer going off. Is this round four? Yes. All right. You know him. We got to drink up. Pause while we drink up. God damn, you're way ahead. How is that possible that you're way ahead of me? That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I drink beer. Yeah, hello. Same. <laughs> uh, 
Um, do you want to get the other beers while I'm finishing this beer off? And now I treat you to a selection of random drops. 600 gallons of beer in one big thing. I think I'll have a beer. Save one of those beers for me, eh? Buzz? All right, and <laughs> we're back. Cool. <laughs> you came right back in for the horn, didn't you? Yeah, it's perfect timing. All right, so now I love you, the air horn. I do too. Like, why don't we use this more? Right now, somebody's listening to that, walking like on their lunch hour, listening to the podcast, going, "God, that's just you don't use it because it's terrible." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so loud. That's the sound of heaven right there. That is a little bit. A little bit of heaven. A little bit of heaven pouring in this glass. Round four coming up. Oh, yeah, this yeah. beer is damn good. Technically, it's the final round. Final round. Well, we already promised an extra one, so... Never mind that That's shit. A shame. So never mind that shit. Can you blow me where the Panthers is? Get off the stage, you drunk I mean, that really got out of hand fast. All right, so that was the Capri Sun whiskey. We're going to move on from there. I'm glad it doesn't taste like Capri Sun. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. is like they, they throw out the, the clickbait headlines like, mm-hmm. so we make Capri Sun. No, they didn't. And you're teasing me because it's only in the UK. So how dare you? Bring it over here, you limey bastards. You limey bastards. Bollocks. All right, so now we're on to the last part of the booze cast here. Yeah, buddy. So, did you know that you can get an MBA in Kentucky bourbon? What? What? I know. Um, what did I go to film school for? <laughs> I don't. You didn't know. This didn't waste. exist back at the time. What a waste. So, Midway University, founded in 1847 in Midway, Kentucky, created the MBA in Kentucky Hospitality. This is being unofficially referred to as an MBA in bourbon. Since it's one of the primary drivers of the state's tourism industry, which makes sense. And it's delicious. Here is the official course listing for this. This degree program combines Midway's strong business program and special courses in bourbon history, destination branding, tourism, and event planning. I like it. Yeah, right? I mean, that that sounds like something I want to move to Kentucky and, and handle. Each student in the tourism and event management concentration will compete <laughs> no. They're going to compete in the Hunger Games or something like that. <laughs> we'll complete courses in destination branding, tourism industry analytics, and a bourbon capstone experience. Then the student selects from six courses to complete their concentration in subjects such as service marketing. And this is completely true. Equine tourism. <laughs> <laughs> the history and evolution of bourbon. Yeah. That one makes sense. I'm signing up. Kentucky bourbon uh, tourism and distilleries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bourbon hospitality. Yep. I, if you show up and I give you bourbon, it's hospitality. Yeah. 
Bam. I got a master's in that already. And also, and this is pretty awesome. This would be amazing. A study abroad course around Scotland's malt whiskey trail. Oh, that'd be so rough. Which would be just... Come on. Just awful. Um, the Bourbon Studies courses are un- a unique offering and unlike any other program to truly help students learn the rich history and culture around Kentucky bourbon. I love it. Is this like a four-year class or... No, it's an MBA. Okay. So you already got to have like a bachelor's or I'm or good. Whatever. I got a bachelor's. You got to be 21 to apply. I'm there. I'm you're 22. Good to, you're good to go, bro. Yeah, I'm 22. I'm going to give you some more good news right now. You ready? Ooh. Are you excited? Please. It's offered online. Oh! Wait, does that mean I have to BYOB? Bring my own bourbon? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Mm. Maybe a little bit. But still, you can say, I got an MBA in bourbon. That is pretty badass. Now, the only time you would actually have to be present uh, on campus is to take field trips to local distilleries. That's a good reason to go to Kentucky. If you yeah, have what to. a shame. If you have to. But I also pulled some Kentucky bourbon facts. I dig it. Oh, and for this, hey, we got some. Ooh. Oh, what is some, this? This is some bullet rye, which is not Kentucky. Nor is it bourbon, but <laughs> it's the only American whiskey we had here in the studio. Well, let me ask you this while you pour that. Have okay. you ever had Larceny bourbon? I have not. And I've wanted to. I love their marketing with the uh, key hole kind Thank of thing. You. Or Yeah, I, uh, I I love it. I've had it. It's a very well-priced. If you guys are looking for bourbon, but you don't want to jump headfirst into like a $40, $50 bottle of bourbon, um, I, I talked to, and you'll know who this is. Those of you out of the area won't know, but Marty over at Wade's Wines. Oh, yeah. Marty's awesome. <laughs> who is a genius when it comes to distilled spirits. We were told that Larceny was the recipe that was the high-end bourbon of a distillery back in the early 1900s. They went out of business. And a few years later, they sold their, their recipe. And now, uh, I, I can't remember who he said makes the bourbon, but it's a, it's a well-known bourbon manufacturer. It's, quote-unquote, their lower brand. But it's the same exact rep- recipe as when it was a higher brand. And it's absolutely phenomenal. So if you guys are looking for a really good bourbon that's not going to break the bank, and I'm talking like $20, $25 a bottle wherever you Depends where you find it. That is not bad for any type of bourbon. No, and it's delicious. Whether you drink it straight up or you know in a in a cocktail of sort. And that price, like you could put it in a cocktail, and you're not gonna be like, oh no, twenty five dollars. But that's uh, that, it's way more versatile. Yeah, but it, it it tastes so good. You can drink it with a you know nice big Cuba ice, and you're good to go. Like is Cuba ice like like Cuba Gooding? <laughs> yeah, that's his <laughs> rapper name. <laughs> is that really? I'm Cuba ice. Cuba ice ice baby. All right, so. Let's hear some Kentucky bourbon facts. Please. Are you ready for this? I hope so. I hope so as well. I don't Darby I, the Booze Hound is ready. She's got her bone. She's going to town now. Yeah, by the there. way, if you hear some weird chewing sound, Darby's just going to town on a bone. Yeah, that's not Wiley. That's what she said. Um Kentucky bourbon facts. This one it actually kind of blew my mind a little bit. Oh, and by the way, we are drinking bullet small batch rye. This is just real quick as you know, let me take a sip of this one. Yeah, yeah. Here, cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. This is, uh, oh, it smells phenomenal. Mm. It's not the Balvini Doublewood 21. No, but, but it gets the job done. That's good stuff. One of my favorite, I love rye whiskeys anyways. One of my favorites is the, the Bullet Small Batch Rye. One, and this is super, super good for making Manhattans. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, one of the reasons why I got this and why I have a bunch of it in the house I literally have like another two bottles of this stuff. That's all? I'm never out. And it's funny. I went in there. I'm like, well, I need like an American Burton. Oh, I've, I've literally got three bottles of Bullet. Um, and this is actually, where's Bullet made? In Kentucky? No, it is not. Oh. Distilled in Lawrenceburg, 
Indiana. Wherever that is. And then bottled in Plainfield, Illinois. Okay. So there's literally That's nothing. It's a long trip to get bottled. There's literally nothing Kentucky or bourbon about this, but yeah. it's the only whiskey I had in the house. So, you know, whatever. Lick, make, lick, lick my balls. Makes me feel any better. I got three bottles of Larceny at home. Oh, do you really? Oh, oh yeah. Next. Stocked up. Now you got to bring that in next time. Absolutely. So 95% of the world's bourbon is made in Kentucky. Mm. And keep in mind, though, that bourbon is an American liquor, though. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Slightly, slightly misleading. Yes. Bourbon has to be made in Bourbon County, just like champagne has to be made in Champagne, no. France. No, bourbon, bourbon has to be made in the U.S. Okay. But not in Bourbon County. Oh, all right. Yeah, in fact, uh, in 1964, Congress declared bourbon America's native spirit, which means to be called bourbon has to be made in the U.S. I like it. But there are other things about bourbon that make bourbon bourbon that there has nothing to do with where it's made. Mm-hmm. Um, so all bourbon, so we can get this clear, all bourbon is whiskey. But obviously not all whiskey is bourbon. Right. Right. So Jim Beam, who I don't normally wouldn't listen to anyone from Jim Beam for advice on whiskey because they're not... Except for their uh, ain't my ad, thing. Except for uh, Mila Kunis. Okay, well, I I listen to anything she said. Yeah, I wouldn't hear it, but I'd listen. <laughs> um, but they say that bourbon is kind of whiskey's sweet spot because corn is a sweet grain. So the more corn, the sweeter the whiskey. To be called bourbon, it must be at least fifty-one percent corn. Hmm. Most distillers use between sixty-five to seventy-five percent. Okay, part of what makes them bourbon. The other part. And by the way, all that corn and grain and all that stuff, that goes off to the local farms for feed for cows. So that might be why the liquor like this pairs so well with steak. Ah, uh, I like Don't it. Know. I could be wrong. I'm just actually just drawing probably a false equivalency there. But you know what? Whatever. Beer, bourbon, it all goes well with steak. <laughs> yeah, it all, yeah, anything goes well with steak in my opinion. Um, so here's the other thing about uh, what makes a bourbon a bourbon. Nothing can be added to the bourbon in the distilling process except water. Hmm. So that means all the flavor in it comes from charred barrels. Oh, okay. So for instance. So whiskey can have added flavors is what you're saying. So wild turkey wanted to do, you know, the honey craze. Yes. They wanted to add honey to their bourbon. Couldn't call it bourbon. It became wild turkey liqueur, which Uh, is just terrible branding. They have now named it American honey, which is way better. Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of the whole honey movement when it comes to whiskey. I'm so out. I'm glad they're not allowed to call it bourbon. I'm a purist. I want... Like that Jack Daniels honey? Uh, yeah, yeah. It just tastes like yeah, a cocktail. commercials with the glowing bees and whatnot, but I'm not, I don't like flavored whiskeys at all. I, never, I was never a big fan of Fireball. No, 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 no. And I know some people listening to this will probably be very angry. How dare about. you? Well, you know it, what they're like? They drink it like they do Jaeger. Yeah. Well, it tastes like Big Red. It doesn't even taste like whiskey. I mean... <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. Or like if you like basically soaked whiskey and all those like those little uh, those hot hearts or whatever they are oh, for God. Valentine's. Those terrible... Yes. Why would you ever eat it candies? Like the spicy Mike and Ikes or whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could you could swish that in your mouth before you make out with a chick. It's like, oh, did you, did you brush your teeth for me? Like, <laughs> sure did, baby. <laughs> well, this is only the first Big Red you'll be tasting tonight. Hey-o. Your alarm's going off again. I don't know why it's going off. I don't know. What was my timer? We've already hit round four, final round. Well, I guess we might be doing another one. (laughs) Well, I did say we're going to do another one. And yeah. Damn. All right. Final round. I just need to bite the bullet and make another round. Bullet. I see what you did there. (laughs) 
mean, that really got out of hand fast. Yeah, it really did. Like yeah. every 11 minutes, it gets out Jesus. of hand. What the serious F. Um, all right, so... So whiskey. Back to... Oh, yeah. So, and Jack Daniels, right? JD? JD. Identical to bourbon, except it's filtered through maple charcoal. So they can't call it bourbon. They have to call it Tennessee whiskey. Oh, so it has flavor added to it, so... Yep. Uh, Got to only come from the barrels. Interesting. So, yeah, can't do it. Um, here's another interesting fact, and this says a lot about Kentucky, I feel. There are more barrels of bourbon in Kentucky than there are people. I like it. Which, awesome, right on Kentucky. So over at Buffalo Trace, do you like Buffalo Trace? Absolutely. That is probably one of my top. Oh, I love Buffalo really Trace good. a whole lot. They also make Blanton's, okay. which is my top. I don't think I've had Blanton's. Oh, dear God. Seriously? Oh. Oh, Blanton's is amazing. Uh, Field trip. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, let's go get some Blanton's. So when you buy Blanton's, look at the corks. Okay. This is like, and I think I've said this on the the Boozecast before, but if I haven't, I'm going to let the secret out. Mm. If you look at the corks, the cork is a uh, a brass horse running. Okay. Look down at its feet. There's going to be a little circle with a letter in it. It's only going to be one of the letters that's included in the word Blanton's. And if you put them all in a row... That spells out Blanton's. And if it does, the horse looks like it's running. It captures the horse in a different. Oh, it's like the one, the, uh, was it like Isotrope or Zoeotrope or whatever? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and also you can find them on eBay. They sell them for like hundreds of dollars. People will put them all together and, and do the thing. Or you could just be a man and buy a few bottles of booze. You know what I actually do? Like kind of a little, little bitch about it, to Uh-oh. be honest. Oh, no. Yeah. I kind of, spy out if I go to a place that has Blanton's I spy yeah. out how low that bottle is and I'll <laughs> drink the rest of it and then get get that cork off of whoever serving me then there was one time where I did that and the person came and like gave me you know he gave the waiter gave me his last here you go here's your Blanton's I'm like did you kill that bottle can I get that cork and he looked at me and he's like <sighs> and he pulled it out of his apron no. and gave it to me he was gonna take it home <laughs> that's right I'm that guy did you give him yeah. a big, did you give him a bigger tip for that no yeah, yeah. I always give a big tip anyways. Hey, oh, hey, that's what she said. Um, but yeah, so uh, Buffalo Trace actually says if they stop making bourbon right now, they'd have enough bourbon for 20 more years. Heroes, heroes, right? They're doing the Lord's work. Hey, you know what? Remember that in the apocalypse, <laughs> we're going to Kentucky. We are going to Kentucky, people. <laughs> that's happening. Uh, by law, bourbon must be aged in barrels for two years. This okay. is where the angel share come from. You know about the angel share. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's where the angel share come from because it has to be aged for two years. And finally, can you... <laughs> this is just dumb. Do you know what <laughs> Kentucky's two other main exports are aside from uh, bourbon? Uh, whiskey? Or is that the same? I mean, well, are, we, are we talking non-booze? Yes. Oh. Um, so we know they make 95% of the world's bourbon. Right. It's probably something ridiculous like livestock or something. No, it's, it's, it is ridiculous. And livestock is not ridiculous mm, enough. Licorice. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, no. So they make 90% of all the disco balls in the U.S. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we need some disco music for that. Right? I wish I had. Oh, wait. You know what? I got something close. Like the closest I have. Okay. This is disco-y enough. Oh, I can dig this. Yeah. Problem is it gets all hot and heavy when this music starts playing. I dig it a little too hard. <laughs> hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make 90% of disco balls sold in the U.S. Who'd have thought? Also, they're one of top, the top three 
marijuana-producing states in the country. No way. The other two, obviously, California, right. Tennessee. Ten- really? Yep. Surprisingly, Colorado, not in the top three. Which Colorado I or Oregon or Washington. No. How Top three crazy. is California, Tennessee, and Kentucky. I would have never guessed. I never would have guessed that either. And if you would have asked me, like, hey, where do all the disco balls come from? I'd have been like, uh, China? I don't, I don't know. even know where that would come from. Yeah. Who still buys disco balls? Maybe that's the thing is, like, everyone used to make them, and, like, mm. there's one guy there now who's just, like, <laughs> disco ball Joe. Yeah. He's making it. And, coked out of his mind. And he's the only one. And really, there's only, like... Five needed in the U.S. Right. at any given year, and he makes four of them. Yeah. <laughs> so by default, I mean he wins. But yeah, by default, that's ninety percent. So yeah. makes sense. Anyways, well, that has been 80. the draft twenty-two. Whole lot of bourbon still to drink here. Oh, it's not going to get wasted. Yeah, no, we're we're going to still handle this business. We got through five rounds. We got bourbon going. Um, check out Tug UnfilteredGentleman.com. Yes, please. iTunes. Also, you have a new podcast going. Oh, yeah. Uh, with my girlfriend, Shannon, we have the Beer Harmony Show. You can check us out. It's uh, under 10 minutes each episode. It's a little review to uh, listen to on your way to the bottle shop. Let's, let's hear a little more Shannon right now, if we could. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. She's an opera singer. She is an opera singer. And, and if I made cheap plug real quick. Sure. March 10th, we'll be at Integran Brewing in Moore Park, California. You guys have been here. In fact, I was on the show when you guys were there. And you it get was our fantastic. sloppy seconds at Integrand? We do. We're going we're gonna to clean up the mess that you guys left and uh, <laughs> have a great show March 10th. Please come check us out. Please do. And also check us out as well. Look, you can always email us if you have uh, input on the show. If you have something to say, we'll read your uh, email on air. Boozecast at boozeleague.com. Pictures of your rounds. And we need pictures of the rounds going down. We actually, you know what? I'm going to say it right here, right now. I'm gonna, and I'm going to put my name on it. Hero. I will be giving away the best picture of someone drunk drinking rounds to us, the Booze League. Yeah. I will send out some free swag. Oh, the 2018 come on. swag. He's got some good shirts going, people. It is, yeah. And eventually we'll have them on the website. <laughs> Hopefully next week is what I'm looking at right now. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, cheers, everybody. Hope to hear from you soon. Cheers, cheers to Doug. you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs>